Oh, wow. And if you don't drag it back out, well, what is that a signal? Well, now I'm going to send Tony's email to the spam folder and see if he drags it back out or, you know, Frank's email into the spam folder and drags it back out. And so that's where they can like sample your still engaged subscribers and see whether or not they're engaged enough that they're going looking for your emails and pulling them back out. And if they don't, well, eventually all your messages are going to the spam folder. Hello, and welcome to the Optimized Store Owners Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We are your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. Hey, y'all. I hope you are having an awesome day. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We have a super amazing guest today. I don't know if that's just enough uh, of an excitement to make you uh, excited about this episode, but we have a very exciting guest. Uh, we have the CEO of AWeber on today. We have Tom. He's talking about uh, what can we do to make email better for our businesses and really just make more money. Questions that I had that I feel like you guys um, do as well um, all have to do with growing um, our email list, making it more profitable, making it more successful to help grow the ultimate uh, thing, which is your business. So you're going to learn these three things and more. Number one, how the heck do we improve our click-through rate? Right? Like, how do we actually move that number? Number two, what are people missing with email right now? I know we are in it every single day, but like, what are the things that we're missing out on that are costing us money? And then how many emails per week should we be sending? Right? It's always a question that I get. I'm like, what's the answer? Well, we should ask the CEO here of AWeber and let's have him tell us. So we have all of these things and more in this episode. I know you guys are going to love this one. Enjoy. All right. Hey, Tom, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so there's so many different questions I could go in from this, but uh, just give us a little bit of a, I guess we can start off r real quickly with how is AWeber different than, you know, there's probably, I don't know how many different email providers there are out there, but just real quickly, what what is different about AWeber than the other platforms out there? And then we can just dive into some details, I think, from there. Yeah, I think... You know, it depends on what's important to you overall. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we focus on is is not just a technology platform, um, but a platform that our small business users can actually use. So we we spend a lot of time with uh, and invest into our customer service. You know, and I think a lot of people look at customer service as this thing that you only talk to when you have a problem, um, versus being really kind of your partners in. Um, being able to set up uh, a, a solution that works for you as as a business owner, um, you know, you you guys focus on uh, e-commerce and and clothing stores, uh, and and the ability for a shop owner <laughs> to run marketing automation software effectively is not a skill that they often have in house, either themselves or somebody else that's really good at it. Um, so we believe really strongly in phone support, live chat, email, and being able to be accessible to our customers in in any of the ways that they want to, when they want, you know, when they need that support 24-7. Um, so, you know, when you have a question, you're not held up. You don't have to come back later uh, and get an answer to that. You don't have to spend four days going back and forth via email to try to get an answer about something. I think there's a lot of, you know, email technology that like everybody can send an email newsletter. 
uh, from a technology perspective, but like getting your newsletter to look the way that you want it to look um, and to include the subscribers uh, that you want it to include. Um, while it's super easy for me, uh, it's not necessarily something that's intuitive and that's not scary for other people to do. And that's why we make our experts really available to, to make that uh, a great experience for, for our users. So there's a lot more that goes into having a great platform than just like having good software. It's that full, it's that full encompassed uh, view of, of support for our users uh, that we believe strongly and that you don't get from a lot of other providers. Like just try to get most of them on the phone. You can't even find a phone number to do that, let alone actually get an answer from an expert. Whenever it comes to the customer service side of things, do you guys like, so one of my questions and you can answer, I, w- I would like to hear an answer too, but <laughs> I was like, so if I was a, if I was a customer, right. Uh, or like reaching out to you guys, uh, are these people equipped to also answer questions like, Hey, I'm looking at my numbers. I, I kind of know what they mean, but really I don't know how to like improve my click through rate on my, like my emails, right? So there's an open rate and there's a click through rate. I clicked on the email, my click through rate based off of what you're telling me is industry standard is low. How do I improve this? Can your team like help with that? And then more generally, I guess, uh, what would you say for yourself? It is a great way to improve that click through rate. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're not like full on business consultants. We're not going to spend hours with people, you know, just trying to improve their open or click rates. But like to be able to point at the the low hanging fruit of things that they might be doing that that are best practices um, around, you know, sending emails. There's a lot of stuff that like most of the stuff that even I personally spend most of my time talking about is really basic stuff. Like it's best practices that have been best practices for 15 or 20 years. Um, So it's not it's it's not it's not complicated. It's just knowing the right things to look at and being able to, you know, poke at it. And that's part of what our training process does for our team internally. And it's part of the fact that like our team members help dozens of people every single day. They see everything, (laughs) Um, good, bad, and otherwise you see everything. Uh, So you get, so you're really good at being able to identify like, you're doing that. And like, that sounds like a good idea, but you maybe try this other thing. And that's the beauty of technology and marketing automation is I can split test it and I can figure out which one is better, A or B, you know, and it's not super complicated to do that. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, And it gives you those kind of black and white answers as to to which one is going to be better. Um, You know, from a from a, a, a low hanging fruit uh, perspective, uh, there are uh, we how how long do we have for this? <laughs> like, uh, I, I could run through the checklist. I think when I'm thinking of like your small business, like you, what I think is your kind of typical customer base, they probably are using if they're doing email, they're probably using a Gmail address uh, as their from address. Uh, and hopefully as, as an agency, you guys are teaching people not to do that. Um, but I see it all too common. Don't do that. It's really easy to get a branded email domain. Um, and, and the reason that I say that it's not just because your Gmail address can go away. It's non-portable, meaning if Gmail decides you don't have that email address anymore, you don't have that email address anymore. Whereas if, you know, I have Tom K at aweber.com. No one can ever take that domain away from me as long as I keep paying for the domain. 
So if I transfer to another provider, I can continue to take that with me. It's like my forever email address. Uh, I've had it for 24 years. It's never going anywhere. Um, but the, you know, so being a, but the 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 follow on to that and the like kind of more um, you know beyond the branding aspect of is it helps you build your email reputation uh, and your email reputation and is much the same way that you have like a personal reputation. It's the uh, ability for you to get your emails to the inboxes of the subscribers that have requested to receive email from you. Uh, and those words are all very intentional because it's permission-based and it's requesting that information. And it's not just like, hey, you bought from something for me. So now here's an email every day. That's a surefire way to not get your emails, uh, you know, open and read. Maybe for a short period of time, but like, how often am I going to buy a new whatever article of clothing? You have to be relevant. You have to be something that people want. Um, so being, uh, you know, making that a part of your checkout process so that people can opt into those things or that um, they can uh, give you preferences. I saw like three or four episodes back, you had a gentleman on that was talking about surveying your customers uh, and getting additional data around um, the, uh, you know, your individual subscribers and your customers. That's really awesome for being able to segment uh, what you're doing to be able to then present more relevant marketing messages to them um, that, by and you know will open ultimately get you better open rates and better click through rates etc um but you're building that reputation of like hey when i receive this email i open it i'm clicking on it that tells google and yahoo and hotmail and all the other mail providers out there that like i want your emails make sure they show up in my inbox all the time which is very different than a lot of the social channels and others where you know, I liked you, I liked you on uh, on Facebook, but I see your posts. You know, three percent of the time that you post something, that's not how email works. So, where do you want to something... go from there? Because there's like <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of eight, eight different <laughs> angles I could take at from there. <laughs> um, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I got you, uh, Christian. Thank you. <laughs> there was um uh something very early on. You mentioned small business, and I was going through your Twitter as well and I, I saw that you had a a prompt in there from a long time ago it's like it's, it's small business an endearing term or is it rather a simple designation right for something that a business of a certain size um i remember that was a topic for discussion uh, a long time ago at a, a chamber of commerce too um what is it that you guys define the, the small business um in terms of, of, of a weber yeah for us you know most of our customers are you know 20 team members or less a significant portion of them are kind of solo entrepreneurs, meaning, you know, a lot of like, I think a lot of folks would define themselves as a creator in that in that kind of space. Now, um, there's a bunch of different words that people use to kind of describe folks in 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 those spaces or in that kind of business size category. Um, you know, but we we definitely, you know, we have larger companies that use that use Aweber. Um, but most of the most of our businesses that we help are are much smaller, and, and that's part of why, you know, customer service is so important because 
you know, you're jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> you know what I mean? Except maybe that particular specialty, like I might be really good at selling clothes or I might be really good at making clothes or, you know, like those sort of aspects of like, you're really good at that one thing, but then it's like, oh, I hate, I got to run a business. And there's a lot of other skills that go along with that. Uh, so being able to have experts to lean on is, is, is important there. So. Okay. I think, I think that's good. That's good. Um, what about the, there was something that you talked about in a, in a different interview, whereas yeah, I think you, you said it as encouraging the engagement. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, I'm assuming you're talking about like, uh, you know, click, like clicking the, so thinking, so, so let's back up a little bit and yeah. define engagement when it comes right. to email. So when you think about like a Gmail or a Hotmail or Yahoo, we'll just call them mailbox providers. Um, you know, they, they host your inbox, you know, think about the things that they can see you doing when you receive an email there. So a lot of us like to think of it and on the, on the send side or on the, you know, when you're looking at your marketing analytics, it's like, I can see that someone opened a message um, and that's basically somebody displayed images uh, in their email, or I can see that you clicked the email, clicked the link in the email, and I can track those things. I can also see if you unsubscribed, um, depending on the platform, I can see if you marked the, the message as spam. Um, but like, as, as an outsider, I'm, uh, I'm, there's less data that I can see. But as a mailbox provider, I can also see how far you scrolled how long you lingered reading the message, um, whether or not you filed that message away or tagged it in Gmail or filed it into a folder in Hotmail or Yahoo. Um, I can see if you replied to the message. Uh, I can see if you forwarded the message to somebody else. So there's a lot more data that I can get as a mailbox provider um, around how it is that you're engaging uh, with each of the messages that I send. So you know, as a sender, so think of us and our shop owners sending out emails, we want to do things to encourage people to engage with our emails. And you have to think beyond the open my email, which like, if they're not even opening them at all, like, is the mailbox even real anymore? Because like, albeit I know I was just talking with um, actually my uh, my stepsister this this uh, this past weekend where she's like yeah I have 20,000 unread emails in my inbox and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> um, but like you know most people if you get a message in there you're at least gonna scroll through it real quick like you're not insta deleting like so you're gonna you're gonna recognize and open there but like how do I create engaging content that people not only open but they're either clicking the links in there, can tell you how many people send emails that it's like, what's the purpose of this email? Like, what should I do with this message when I get it? Like, what do you want as a result when somebody, you know, and most often the answer is buy something. And it's like, okay, so you send one email every month and you expect me to buy, um, you know, a wedding dress once a month. <laughs> like, is that really the expected outcome of that? Um, you know, or, uh, an evening gown or, a, like, I don't know, like, you know, there's a lot of different types of, of things that, you know, are only specific to certain times of the year and so forth. So like, you have to think beyond like, so like if I bought some golf clubs from you, how could I, how could you send engaging emails during the off season? Like, what could I be doing to keep my golf game up to? So it's like tips and, 
you know, other places that you might want to go to practice your golf game that might be outside of like, hey, have you been to uh, top, top Golf? Like, I don't know if that's a thing out in Texas where you guys are, but like, you know, like there's lots of other ways that you can engage with golfing that isn't just buy more stuff. Um, you know, what can you share that's, uh, you know, funny memes and other things that somebody's going to want to forward on to their golfing buddies? Um, you know, those things are all engagement driven um, and they're going to help, you know, you're not going to get a sale directly from it right now, but it's going to keep people wanting your emails, um, finding them interesting and relevant to them, funny, whatever. Um, and, you know, you're, you're building that reputation with the mailbox provider to be able to continue to get emails delivered to people's inboxes. Um, and that inboxing rate is even in worst case scenarios is far better than, you know, the vast majority of social channels and anything you're going to do on social there. Um, so whether it's surveying, um, you know, asking, uh, you know, various different questions, uh, to be able to segment and send more relevant, like I often use an animal shelter. Like if I send out, um, pictures of pets up for adoption and I, co-mingle cats and dogs together but like christian you're a dog guy and aaron you're a cat person like i, I want to send you christian the dog emails and i want to only send cat stuff to aaron um, and that's how you get the engagement that, that you have is by kind of filtering in and honing in on those things and that's all stuff that you can do with email these days with some really simple automations to be able to tag people when they click on links like if you only ever click the dog pictures I can tag you as the dog guy, <laughs> send send you emails about the dogs. And that th those things are, are super easy to do. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15 minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training. Okay, yeah, they give me uh, several different ideas I'm gonna write down right now, actually, the clicking of the links to, to segment. That's a that's awesome. When So something you mentioned uh, kind of earlier was, like if you only send me one email per month, what would you say is like a good rule of thumb for most businesses as far as the frequency of emails to go out? I guess even more specifically, if you could talk to e-commerce, that'd be great. But just in general, what do you, what, what do you feel like that frequency is? Yeah, the, the, the um, I don't want to say the cop-out answer, but the best answer that I found, there, there is, everyone always asks like, what what's the best day of the week to send? There's no best day of the week to send. What's the best hour of the day to send? There's no best hour of the day to send. There's no best frequency. The best frequency is the frequency in which you tell people you're going to send. So like if I'm on your website and I see an opt-in form and it says, get my newsletter and I go, oh, okay. Like, you know, I'm really into what they're doing. I want to learn more. I'm going to opt in for this. And I think in my head when I'm signing up, these guys are going to send me an email once a month. Uh, and, and that's what I go into that with the expectation of. And then all of a sudden I start getting, uh, a, you know, an email from you three times a week. What's, what's your first gut instinct of that going to be? One, is it good? Then maybe mm -hmm. you get away with three emails a week. Uh, and two, like, man, I, I really like these guys, but like once a month is cool. 
like three times a week is just overkill. So I'm either going to unsubscribe or worse, I'm going to mark you as spam, uh, which is a big red flag to mailbox providers that you don't want their messages, but potentially other people that are getting your messages won't want them as, as well. So those all rank into that kind of reputation that you were building earlier. Um, you know, as a, as an e-commerce seller, you know, email is, um, or any, any, any marketing that you're doing as an e-commerce seller, I, I always believe is, is a little tricky in that, you want to make sure that the messages that you're sending aren't exclusively about buy something, buy something, buy something, buy something, because like, unless you have like something that's uh, that I'm buying all the time, you're going to wear people out really quick and your engagement's going to fall off a cliff real fast. Uh, and that means you, your subscribers are going to turn out either through unsubscribes, uh, through complaints, um, or just through going dark. Uh, and the going dark is probably worse than than unsubscribing or complaining um, because they feed that reputation again. So um, so you want to make sure that you're, like I mentioned with the golf stuff, like sending engaging content that isn't just buy something, buy something, buy something. Like I have, um, I have uh, uh, just kind of exiting the summer season here. So I have a lift e-foil. Uh, which is a fun way to like get out on the on the water and and it's like a it's a hydrofoil surfboard kind of thing that you ride around and like i bought one of these a couple of years ago and they're great i still get their marketing emails why do i get their marketing emails and why do i stay engaged with them because they send me uh, little videos and other things of other people riding them they give me tips on, on how i can improve my own performance riding them um, new tricks, like, Hey, somebody invented this new crazy jump thing that they landed, you know, and I spent like all summer trying to do it myself, uh, and doing it very badly. Um, but like those sort of things that keep you engaged and, Oh, Hey, by the way, the, at, at the bottom of those emails, it also tells me about the new advancements that they have that they're now on V3 and I have a V1 efoil and like, I really want a new V3, but like, it's still just fine. But it's like that it's that kind of stuff that that keeps me engaged with the brand and also keeps what they're selling in front of me with that but also has me engaging with their emails versus like if they were just sending me like, hey, we released this new thing by now, I'm not gonna be that into their emails versus now it's hey, what cool new celebrities writing one of these or who wiped out bad or you know who messed it up by catching something you know really shallow and somewhere offshore and hit a rock or something silly um so it's like you have to be a little creative in in what it is that you're sending out to to really keep people engaged there and to figure out what the right frequency is i'd say you know monthly is probably is is a pretty standard thing um a lot of e-commerce uh, happens around various holidays. So you can use those holidays as kind of excuses to get in front of people in a, in a relevant way. Um, and again, not just as a like buy something kind of way. So think of how you can play off the different holidays and think of like, you know, there's a lot of, um, we see a huge uptick during like Amazon prime day has nothing to do with sales anywhere else, but people promote it just to get that cross up because people are thinking about like, Hey, what deals are out there? And like, Oh, Hey, by the way, this other place that has nothing to do with Amazon because Amazon's got such this, you know, huge footprint that people now think of it as some special discount day across all e-commerce sellers, not just Amazon, uh, which is a unique phenomenon, you know, all to itself. So there's, so there's lots of ways that you can kind of get in, in front of, in 
front of people around that stuff. That's very interesting. Um, when you said the EFO, isn't Mark Zuckerberg the one that got that picture with all his sunblock? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Okay, yeah okay, with okay. all the, the zinc oxide or whatever <laughs> all over his face. Yep, yep, yeah. out in Hawaii. Okay. Yep. Saw yep. that one, came got in the newsletter. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about the, I think it, in some ways you were implying like cleaning your email list, right? Um, yeah. And I guess that balance of cleaning the email list and growing the email list, right? So I, I will, you know, so, you know, Aweber and most email platforms, we charge based on the number of subscribers and contacts that you have in the system. So like if you put, if you put your like Aweber hat on, I want your list to be as big as possible. But I'm here as the founder and as the CEO for the last 24 years telling you, no, please delete some of your list and, and get them out of the platform. Like, it's fine if you leave them there, but like, it's actually a good thing to prune your list. And it's directly in opposite from like our revenue motives. Like, so, you know, so when I say that, like, you know, you save money, <laughs> you pay us less. Uh, and you get a better engaged list that gets to more people's inboxes. So there's there's a balance between pruning people um, too soon uh, that may still buy from you, um, where the buying cycle might be longer than than a lot of places. Um, you know, but in in an e-commerce role, like if someone's not opening and clicking the things that you're getting, and it's been more than a year or a year and a half, like they're dead. They've kind of moved on. They might still be alive and healthy, but like them as a customer, they're not probably coming back. And and so if you look at it from the perspective of the mailbox provider, going back to Google and, and Hotmail perspective, um, if I have a thousand subscribers that are on my mailing list and over time, you know, 10% of them aren't engaging with me and haven't opened or clicked anything that I've sent them in the last 12 months. Okay, that's only 10%. That's not that big a deal. And then it's 200 people. And then it's 300 people and then it's 400 people. And pretty soon, like 50 or 60 or 70% of my mailing lists and my subscribers are no longer engaging with what I'm, what I'm sending out to them. So what is that? What, what would you do if you were Google and you see that you send out a thousand emails and 60 or 70% of the people that receive them don't do anything with them or just delete them immediately? What are you going to start doing over time? Like, yeah. I'm not going start, to the inbox, right? I'm going to start not. sticking your email in in the in the spam folder, and and that's a bad thing. And so you know, it's really like it's it's about kind of managing that balance. And there's no like one specific percentage because there's a lot of variables involved in how people are engaging. And there's also that element of you know, much like our Google search results, they're very um, individualist. So like I might search for a keyword and get totally different results than you guys might get because your search history background is very different. Similarly, like I might send both of you an email and because Aaron doesn't click my stuff and he doesn't like what I send, <laughs> his always goes to the spam folder. But Christian loves my stuff and forwards it to everybody else that's not Aaron. <laughs> um, and he's always going to get my emails in his inbox. But And that's where like those sort of results might be very personalized. But like over time, as more and more of your mailing list becomes less engaged, they might decide like, well, there's a lot more errands that don't engage with your stuff than there are Christians. So I'm going to start and see if I stick this next email that Tom sends in a Christian spam folder. And we'll see if Christian goes in there and drags it back out. 
Oh, wow. And if you don't drag it back out, well, what is that a signal? Well, now I'm going to send Tony's email to the spam folder and see if he drags it back out or, you know, Frank's email into the spam folder and drags it back out. And so that's where they can like sample your still engaged subscribers and see whether or not they're engaged enough that they're going looking for your emails and pulling them back out. And if they don't, well, eventually all your messages are going to the spam folder. Um, and that doesn't happen overnight. You know, it happens over long periods of time. But that's also why things like permission-based email is really important and, and making sure that you're only sending emails to the people that requested it. So it's like, okay, I have a thousand normal customers, but like, oh, I, hey, I went and bought this list of people that are, you know, need new wedding gowns. Um, I have, uh, you know, 5,000 of them that I bought. And I'm just going to add them onto my, uh, onto my promotions list with the thousand subscribers that I have already right now. Well, I will tell you with absolute certainty, Google and all the mailbox providers know for sure that you've been regularly emailing a thousand people and you suddenly came up with another 5,000 people. That's not normal unless you had a really stellar weekend. <laughs> That's not normal for most businesses. Most people's you know, contact lists grow organically over time. You might have little spurts here and there, but it's not orders of magnitude more. So that becomes a very artificial uh, inflation there where they're much more likely to just dump your whole campaign in the spam folder because you just did something really unnatural um, that they don't know how to gauge and are thus going to take the safe side of that and, and, you know, put it in the spam folder and figure out how many people drag it back out. Uh, you might get away with it once or twice. There's always exceptions to the rules, but you know, th that's, that's where the permission component of doing email effectively is, is really, really important. There really are no shortcuts and they see everything. The algorithms are really good. If you're in the spam folder, it's probably because you belong in the spam folder <laughs> based on what you're doing. You may not think it's spam, but everyone that's getting it is, is signaling that they do. So, um, you know, I let, so you didn't ask the question, but I'm going to volunteer it. So, you haven't talked about the promotions folder, which is usually most people like most in the e-commerce world kind of like, oh, I'm going to the promotions folder. Mm -hmm. How do I get out of the promotions folder and back in the inbox? And I have to remind people that the promotions folder is in the inbox, but it's for promotional things to be in the inbox. It's just another categorization of the inbox. It's most definitely not the spam folder. It's not a penalty box. Oftentimes, e-commerce sellers get better results by going to the promotions folder because it's where people go when they're looking to shop for something is they're going to go to their promotions folder because they know where that's where all those senders go. Um, and my my ultimate answer to how do I get out of the promotions folder is stop sending promotions. Mm. <laughs> the algorithms are really good. If you send e-commerce looking emails and you go to the promotions folder, that's where you belong. <laughs> it's not a secret to get out of there other than don't send promotions. And that's where things like, you know, the videos that Lyft does, you know, where it's engaging content that's not just all about selling something and buy now, buy now, buy now, that you manage to stay out of the promotions folder is by having more of your content being not promotion than actual promotion. So... It's like on the face of it, these things sound like, you know, it sounds really complicated, 
but like it's really pretty basic uh at at the end of the day uh on on how to really win at at some of those techniques yeah very very insightful there too because yeah i didn't i didn't understand the the promotions folder as as what you mentioned there um so as we kind of wrap up here, I, I just had a general question for email or it could be for AWeber or both, which is where do you feel, and I, I guess I'll give some context by saying that like a lot of people believed and may some people even still believe, right? Even listening now, they're like, oh, email, that's like, you know, you mentioned like 20 plus years, like that's old school. It's not social media. Like, is it really still effective? But um, hopefully if they're listening to this, they know that's not the case that it is effective. But what do you feel like is the the future of email or like new things that are coming with email or maybe just new features or things that are coming for you guys and AWeber that you are excited about in general? Yeah, there's a bunch of things like at the top level, like infrastructure wise for email that there's more email being sent every day now than there ever has been in the, in the past. Some of the biggest email senders in the world are all the social media platforms that seem to think that, that, that you know, people seem to think are going to kill email. It's like they send more email than most other places do. Uh, which I always think is pretty humorous. Um, you know, from a if you're if you're googling uh, you know different technologies to think about from an email, look up AMP for email, uh, and it's basically a way of making the emails that you send dynamic. And I mean beyond just the images uh, that you have in email, like there's ways that you can make images dynamic and change an image after you send a message out, particularly in the e-commerce world. But there's ways where you can effectively make an email. Uh, using AMP for email into a web page where I can completely change the content of the email that I send uh, based on that. So think of uh, an e-commerce checkout happening right inside your inbox without me having to click off to another website. Uh, and if you've never seen any of these things, so like if you if you want to experience AMP for email, um, if you if you're using Gmail uh, or Yahoo uh, and a couple of different platforms that support AMP currently. If you interact, like if you make a comment on a Google Doc or a Google spreadsheet, you'll get a little email that says like, hey, Aaron made a comment on this Google sheet. Do you want to reply? And mm -hmm. you can actually type in the email in Gmail directly back and post back to that spreadsheet or Google Doc directly in the email. The, the technology that enables that is called AMP for email. And wow. it's an open protocol that's supported by a number of different senders that's coming to more and more inboxes every day. Um and then, uh, and then there's also a, a thing called BIMI, uh, B-I-M-I, and that's an open protocol as well uh, that allows you to put your logo uh, next to your email uh, in in inboxes. So, you know, you might have seen like if you're if you're a Google user, uh, whether it's the uh, Google G Suite um, or a Gmail user, you can you know your account profile icon shows up next to your messages. Uh, in Gmail. Mm. Bimmy is a technology that allows your image to show up. Uh, the next uh, iteration of Mac Mail and uh, iOS Mail um, will support Bimmy logos um, as Google is transitioning to, to that as well, as does Yahoo and Microsoft are all transitioning to it. It's basically an open, it's an open way of, of uh, announcing what your uh, logo should, excuse me, what your logo should be um, and being able to show it next to the message to get again that, that brand recognition there. So, um, so those are a couple of like kind of top level cool email tech that is continuing to develop that a lot of people haven't heard of. Um, there's also things like uh, DKIM, which is uh, D K I M. Uh, it's an email authentication protocol for basically saying like, "Hey, I'm Tom from AWeber." 
and I'm sending the emails and these are authorized to be sent by me. So you can't pretend to be someone else or pretend to be a different brand than you are. It's a good way of protecting your brand. Uh, over 60% of the senders on a Weber's platform uh, sign uh, their emails uh, with DKIM, um, which is a way, you know, mm. again, of, of helping to build your email reputation uh, specifically with your domain. Um, so, you know, email specific things that, that Aweber that we're working on here, um, you know, our current focus right now is um, around email content generation and really bringing together um, kind of a suite of being able to make your emails in much the same way that you do uh, social posts and, and um, you know, Facebook posts and Twitter posts and those sort of things. So like those, the email world and social world are kind of like commingled now. So like, you know, if I want to post a link to a YouTube um, a video that I might have recorded, I just paste that URL right inside of Aweber and it'll turn it into a nice little preview image with the play logo on top of it. Um, and it, it automatically does that inside of your message. Um, we also have something now that uh, is called auto newsletter. So like you can hook it up to your social feeds, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever, or like your YouTube channel. So like anytime you post a new video on YouTube, people can get an automatic update that gets sent out automatically without, you don't even have to do anything. It just happens automatically to your email list. Um, and it's a way of using email without, you know, that ongoing time investment to be able to, to, to have to set up and, and send something manually each time. It just works off of the things that you're already sending out. So it's a way of getting engaging content out there without having to spend more time doing it. Um, so we're really looking at like, how can we automate the things that people either don't know how to do where it's like creating the cool little play logos or a Twitter card or something like that in your email, um, or just completely taking the human out of it all together and making it completely automated, but still really engaging content that people want. So like a lot of people subscribe to like a YouTube channel. Again, the algorithm comes into play and 10, 20% might actually see that you posted something. Even after I do the, I jump through all the hoops with, you know, hit subscribe, hit the, hit the bell icon and all that jazz. Like, you know, we've seen that escalate. Like what's next? Like, am I going to have to give a blood sample soon in order to like get, you know, get my favorite creators on YouTube's channels. Um, but like, if you have an email list, I can send those newsletters. I can send those updates out to everybody. And the, the side benefit of that is, is like, Hey, you just posted this content. You send out this email, all your best fans get this email and click on it a whole bunch. That's just goosing the YouTube algorithm to show their video to even more people beyond their subscriber base or to a higher percentage of the subscriber base because they see all this organic traffic coming through um, that's happening from outside of their system. So you look even more popular and you know, kind of broaden your reach there. So lots of little things to kind of play together to to kind of boost uh, in, in easy, uh, effective ways. That is, uh, I think more than anything, just got a lot of notes for not only ourselves, but just clients in, in that little last piece there, I wrote down, uh, everything. So that's, uh, yeah, there's quite a few things that I've never heard of at all. So that's very helpful. Um, Tom, where is the, where is the best place for people to find out maybe, I, I mean, about Aweber, um, where's a good place for them to go and start? Is there like a free trial that they can try or, uh, what's the, how can they get involved with, with Aweber and just kind of check out the the software that you provide? Yeah, we have, if you go to aweber.com, A-W-E-B-E-R.com, uh, we actually have a free 
premium offering up to the first 500 subscribers uh, is completely free. Um, and it's really pretty powerful. Uh, that includes customer service. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so it's not a, hey, good luck with that all on your own. Like we're actually help you out. Um, even if you're on a, another platform, whether it's, you know, the free tier or, or you know, more subscribers than that, uh, we do free migrations as well to help you migrate from one platform to the other, because oftentimes that's a little daunting for people of like, hey, I don't, you know, one, it takes time. And two, like, I don't want to mess it up. Mm -hmm. uh, we have experts that literally do this all day, every day from, you know, dozens of different platforms. They've seen everything. Uh, and they can migrate things across seamlessly where where people kind of pick up right where they left off on another platform uh, with all of the advantages of of Aweber uh, to go along with that. Um, so, you know, check us out at Aweber. I'm not hard to find. I'm TomK at Aweber.com. I don't make, you know, a big deal of of, of hiding behind that. I'm, I'm always happy to engage and answer questions. Uh, you can also find me on all the all the social places uh happy to engage with folks and answer questions so i love to i've been doing this 24 years i love talking about email uh, okay i love helping businesses <laughs> where are you most active on social well, i'm gonna link that up there i mean we're gonna link up social but where are you probably most active on social? probably twitter's the the most uh you know the t calls is my uh t-k-u-l-z-e-r is is where i'm most active there cool all right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tom. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBraining and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.